0: And welcome to the CX Chronicles podcast. This is the show for customer service managers, VPs of customer experience, and all of you other CXers out there. Every week, we are going to dig into topics, challenges, wins, and updates in the CX and customer service community. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Check us out at cxchronicles.com. Feel free to reach out to us anytime. Thank you so much for being a part of the CX Chronicles Nation. Ladies and gentlemen, so thanks so much for joining the CX Chronicles podcast. Today we have an awesome guest, a fellow Buffalonian, which I'm personally very excited about. Uh, Laura Marciano has been living and working in New York City for the past 10 years and has an incredible story that she's going to share with us today. So Laura, to start, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: Th- thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. So Yeah, I'm excited. So, Laura, uh, let's hop right into it. I would love for you to start off by telling the CX Chronicles Nation about yourself and how you got started on your customer experience journey.
1: Sure. So, I started working um, in customer experience when I was 14. Um, I worked for a fun little place in Buffalo, people would know, called Anderson's, a serving ice cream. Um <laughs> You know, worked through retail throughout college, and um, you know, did lots of internships that really were focused on internal promotions and the overall customer experience. So that was really great. And then um, in 2006, I moved to New York City uh, to work for a sports team. I actually wasn't doing customer experience for that; I was doing video production. um, But my heart was always in the line of you know making people happy and excited. Um, And eventually, I did find my way back into customer experience, working for live stream. Which was a uh, a startup. Yep. And then we were recently acquired by Vimeo in October. So it's been a really interesting journey the past couple of months.
0: I I bet you've had a a pretty exciting, uh, exciting couple of months to say the least
1: it's been amazing. Um, you know, I've never been through an acquisition before and Vimeo has just been nothing but, amazing. you know, people always tell you bad things about acquisitions, but I really honestly, knock on wood, have not had anything negative happen. So <laughs> it's been really, really great.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Laura, as you know, we spend a lot of time on the show talking about the four CX pillars. So team systems, processes and workflows and customer feedback. I'd love to to kind of chat about some of your direct experience with these pillars. Um, can you talk with us a little bit about team structure and organization? How have you uh, how have you sort of thought about that over at at, at, at Vimeo?
1: Sure. Um, so team structure to me, you know, I've gone from a startup to more of a corporate culture. I think it really depends on the kind of organization you are and the kind of culture you have as a, a company. So you know, coming from live stream, you know, I started when there were just folding tables in the, in the, in the room with no logos or anything. And there was like three of us on the team, um, doing everything. And to me, you know, at that point, everybody has to just be really agile. Yep. You need to be able to, you know, get your hands dirty, not be afraid to commit, make mistakes, move fast. They always say that the sailing, the saying essentially is like, move fast and break stuff. Yep. Um, you can't do that if you have, too many tiers or too much structure in place. So, um, but as you get down the line, you know, as you build, as you add products, as you add experiences to your customer base, it's really important to keep in mind of like, you know, how am I most efficiently going to get this done? um, without making the customer jump through hoops either. So you need to make it easy yet, make it, you know, pretty logical.
0: Yep. No, that makes sense. And I, and I'm, I'm glad you hit on the point of sometimes in the beginning phases of these business, you have to remain agile. You have to remain flexible because a lot of times you're learning along the way. And then later down the road, you can, you can build in more of that structure. That's a great point.
1: Yeah. And I guess to further go on that, you know, talking about the people that are building that team, it's really when you're looking for people, you have to really focus on people that are willing to go the extra mile, but people that are willing to take risks. Um, You know, I had to learn a lot of things that I had never even seen before. Yep. And it scared me. I, I always tell the people that I hire that, you know, when I first started the first three months, I wanted to quit. And I was actually interviewing at other positions. Um, and so one day, what kept me was the company culture. And I decided I'm going to sit down and really going to focus and learn and try yep. and be okay. You know, my boss is supportive. And I think that's really what you need when building a team.
0: A- absolutely. You definitely do. and And again, you just The team that you work with each and every day, you you can build these bonds that help to to really piece together what some of the the future solutions end up looking like. That's great. That's great. What What about systems and tools? So once you've actually put together the team, how do you go about thinking about what the toolkit for that team looks like?
1: Sure. Well, I guess you have to wonder, how are they learning? Um, How do you expect your team to know the product inside and out? Um, Working with technical support, it was something where we had to learn by getting our hands dirty. Um, So the way that we learned was, here's a piece of hardware make it work, and then write everything down. And then if you have a question, just go back to your notes. And that eventually turned into our internal help documentation, which then turned into public documentation for our customers. Wow. Um, so our tools really start from the grassroots. You know, you really have to think about, if I were a customer, how am I going to use a product? How can I effectively communicate to the customer how to use it in the best way that we think is the most efficient? And then from there, build your tools around that, um, you know, when you're talking about CRMs like Zendesk, you know, we've, I've used Zendesk, um, we've used Desk.com, Request Tracker, you know, Freshdesk. There's so many different CRMs out there. Yep. For me, the, the way that I go about my tooling is really, it's all about reports. Okay. So if you know what you're doing with your own KPIs and you're setting the right KPIs, you just need the right CRM and the right tools to tell you that you're hitting it or you're not hitting
0: it. So let's talk about KPIs for a second. So key performance indicators. Laura, what are some of the some of the go-to KPIs that you found to be helpful uh, in, in the past? Just to give our listeners some ideas of what some of these, these target or, or goal KPIs look like.
1: Sure. So I think the industry standard is really centered around three that I found. Um, there's SLA, which is Service Level Agreement. Um there's a first response time and then there's CSAT which is customer satisfaction after resolve. Um so I can break those down really quick it's yeah, a please, lot to nope, take in lots nope, of acronyms. Please do. Please do. <laughs> so the first one is SLA. So we at Livestream and Vimeo have an SLA of 4 hours for our premium customers. What okay. does that even mean? Yep. Well, it means during business hours, um customers can know for a fact that we will get back to them within 4 hours. And usually it's within 30 minutes, but we do kind of hold ourselves to saying, hey, every single response has to have at least a four hour guarantee for our customers. Yeah. Um, so SLAs are really important because you want to make sure that you're you're bound by contract for some of these customers that you actually have. Let's say you're a smaller business in retail, you know, you do want to make sure that your customers are getting the fastest response. So that kind of goes into like first response time as well. It's, it's pr- making sure that you're delivering on your promise of what are we actually supposed to give to you in support and are we giving it to you on time and in the right way. Um, so that's the first one that we go by, um, which, you know, it also helps when you're creating your tool system to make sure that when you're ordering tickets that come in, and when I say tickets, I mean emails or phone calls yep. or chats, you're prioritizing them based on what you're promising your customers. Absolutely. Um, we have free it's customers.
0: Fantastic. It's a fantastic yeah. way to set those expectations, and you're absolutely right. The customers have such a strong appreciation for knowing what those expectations are with, with that customer support or customer experience team.
1: Yeah. And then the next one is CSAT. So CSAT you could argue is on par with like net promoter score or NPS. Um, NPS is really the measure of, you know, how likely would you be to recommend this company to a friend or a colleague? I think that we, you know, in support, sometimes you think about What about the interaction with the customer support agent, not necessarily the company as a whole? They're two different metrics. So we use CSAT to measure, how do you feel after the interaction was resolved? Do you feel like we resolved your question or did we not? It's a very simple yes, no question. And then what happens is that comes back to our team and says, hey, this customer was really satisfied, great job. Maybe they wrote a comment or two, or maybe we didn't do such a great job. And here's why. so those are really, really important metrics that drive everything that I do every day because if I know that the customer is getting what they expected and they're happy with their interaction, to me, that's a happy customer that is satisfied with their experience. A-
0: absolutely. Amen, I totally agree with that. So we, we talked about the team structure. We talked about some of the systems and, and how that leads to the KPIs. So And you even touched on the processes and the workflows. But with with that being said, how do you how do you paint a clear picture when you have a new member that comes onto your team for how they need to follow the processes and the workflows that you've set up for them?
1: It, yeah, it's funny. I was just actually talking to my staff today about this. Um, it's not just for new hires; it's everyone. It, it, Everybody, great point. there's great new point. things. <laughs> Every single day, things are changing. Um, and so one today, an example was we have a, a sales team that's in a different office as us. And so we need to make sure that when we escalate things, we're escalating them properly. Um, and so the customer doesn't have an experience where they feel like they're jumped around from person to person. Yep. So as far as, you know, one of the pieces of advice I gave the team was, listen, put yourself in the customer's shoes would you really want to be on the phone being transferred twice to be told that somebody had to get back to them again later?
0: No way.
1: Absolutely no. No. So I I always encourage a team, like, if you were the customer, what would you expect? What would a good experience be? And then let's work backwards. Okay, well, if that's what you think the good experience is, how do we build that internally? And so I think if you think about it from that perspective, it doesn't matter how big the situation. It's like if I were the customer, what would I expect, or what would be the best experience, yep. and then you can build from there.
0: Yep. No, that 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 makes great sense. I know that on our our last um, our last show with Matt Hanson, we were talking about live documents, or 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 because business changes every day and every single day you have a new customer interaction that changes that living document or that living playbook it's such a great way for these for these teams to be able to capture everything as it hits the front line and 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 be able to take the time to step back and figure out how you want to how you want to manage some of those new interactions moving down the line so 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 absolutely it's a great 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 points all around there In, in terms of customer feedback so we talked about csat I'd like to 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 get a little bit deeper into that. So with with CSAT and with gaining customer feedback today, what are some of the the key things that you're looking for, Laura?
1: Um I guess you could you could do different separations of that feedback, right? One of them is gonna be they really enjoyed the conversation with the agent, but we don't have a feature that they're looking for. Um that is something that my team can't control, but it's something that I can pass along to our developers. So if they're specific, what I'll do is I'll say, hey, you know, Adam, they really, really enjoyed your interaction, but they were really disappointed we didn't have this feature. I'm going to bring this to our head of development to say, hey, you know, what do you think about this idea? Now, it depends on, again, how big your company is, how you're going to give those ideas to development. Sure. We, um, we actually do a quarterly update. So every quarter, I take all the feedback that was submitted through um, our support channel, and I try to categorize them into the top three to five things that our customers are looking for. Great. Um, based on data. Our, our company is very, very driven by data for good reason, to be honest. Yep. Um, but you know, having that the ability to to take the CSAT, and you may think it's just a yes or no, yes or no question, but to know that customers can be confused, they see support as a part of the product, and you know, you want to be able to separate those two distinctions. But you also know that, like, hey, this person was really great. There's nothing to correct on the support side, but, but as a product, you need to, you know, make this better so that I'm more satisfied.
0: Yep, yep. No, that that that's exactly right. And it's funny because I think getting that customer feedback to go full cer- full circle throughout an organization, it's a challenge. A lot of companies, they, they, they're they not necessarily great with it, but the thing is if you're not taking what the customers are saying or asking for and baking it back into what you're selling, it's going to be really, really tough to to, to to keep pushing on in the future. So I totally, totally agree with that. Um, outside of CSAT, is there any other mediums that you use to get to get customer feedback so that you can put it back into that um, that pipeline of, of feedback?
1: Yeah, we have a few. Um, you know, one of the most effective ones recently has been uh, our company has launched private Facebook groups um, and what we do is we we advertise to customers. So I'm not sure how familiar everyone is with LiveStream stream or Vimeo, but we have hardware and software. So we're both SaaS and hardware um, platforms. And essentially, our customer base is really, really knowledgeable. They know everything there is to know. Those basic help articles are not going to satisfy them. They have specific, uh, you know, tricky workflows that they want to work through. So what we've done is, as a brand, we've created uh, Facebook groups, which are invite-only, and it's for customers that have the product to talk to each other about you know, what's working, what's not working. And we also do this with our beta customers as well. We have different beta groups for different hardware. And it's a really interesting way to leverage a community to get that feedback. There's so many times where our developers or our product teams are thinking, you know, what if we had this feature? What would that group think? And they can go in that group ask them questions and they'll just say, Hey, this is an awesome idea or, Hey, I don't really like it. Yep. Um, and so that is really, really benefited us for a, lo- a lot, of reasons, but it's quick, it's easy. People feel like you're, you're really investing in them. And also it's something that, you know, not a lot of people have done as far as the Facebook media.
0: That's a, that's a great, great idea. And it is a, a fantastic way of, of interacting with these people to get that feedback. I love that. That's, that's something that other people should be thinking about doing. It's a great, great idea, Laura. So, so, okay. With that, with that being said, I have uh, a little fire round question for you. So (laughs) I want you to share with our listeners, what's the most entertaining customer interaction you've ever had? It can be a a great story where it was really, really positive, or it can be, it can be a challenge. Share with us the, the, the most entertaining customer interaction that you've had.
1: Okay. So this is a little weird, bear with me. <laughs> so you're going to think I'm nuts. All right. Um, live stream has been around for 10 years. We started in 2007 and uh, I started in like uh, 2010 is when I joined the team. Um, so when I joined the team, there was a really interesting situation. I was answering the phones at the time as a support agent and uh, someone called and said, there's a cat that is being that is in a cage with a clock on it that's streaming on your platform right now. I'm very concerned. I'm from PETA.
0: Oh man!
1: And I was like, what? What are they talking about? This is crazy. So I was like, okay, hold on. Let me see what's going on. So I searched the platform, and indeed, I did find there was a beautiful like Persian cat sitting in a cage with this like countdown clock above it. And I was like, what is happening? So usually, like, you know, in these situations, we have a lot of viewers that contact support, but there's not much we can do. We don't control the content that's actually streamed on live stream. We just are the provider. We provide the platform for people to stream. So we're like, we don't know who these people are. Like, we don't know what's going on. So... Then another call comes in with another agent while I'm on the phone with this woman, and she's like, I'm from PETA. We're going to CNN. We're going to tell everyone what you're streaming. We don't think this is right. It's animal cruelty. And I'm just like, oh, no, this is is not going to be good. So I go to our CEO. And I said, you need to hear me out for a second. There's something going on on the platform. So that in the time um, that we were in the office, there was TVs all over the place. So we'd pull it up on one of the TVs, and everybody's like, what? What is going on? That's so weird. <laughs> so I go, we go to our developers, and we're like, listen, we got to get in touch with this customer. Like, we don't know what's going on. This, we don't necessarily want to take it down because they're not doing anything, but this is really, really odd. Yeah. And we're getting blown up on the phone, right? We don't <laughs> want CNN to do a story on it. So oh, man. So I'm kind of, like, doing public relations at the same time as support, which is really funny. But it really is the same, right? So <laughs> totally. So we go yeah. to our development team. We figure, yeah, we figure out who it is. It turns out, long story short, it was a uh, a college that was doing a psychology experiment okay. to see who would actually be upset if this cat. They weren't going to do anything to the cat. It was just more of, like, how do you feel, like, seeing this cat? What would wow. be the reaction? And, like, blah, blah. And I was like, "Man, can you just clean clear this up with us? Before Give us a you decide up, to do something like that."
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, so we, awesome. you know, in
1: start, you have phone calls, you have emails, you have chats. Yeah, you, got, so a, it you just got kind of went You viral. got to a,
0: a whole way from it, just from something that you weren't even expecting. So then, so then, my follow-up question: Right, how did how did you or your team or the business how how did you learn from that wild interaction?
1: Well, I mean, the biggest thing. Well, what what did we learn was you know. I think it's interesting to know that people can contact you about anything. And, um, yep, yep. You need to verify that what it is, you know, you need to do the right thing. You want to make sure that you're, you're addressing the customer's concerns. And you, that would have been a really easy thing for me to just blow off, yeah, but right. I, because I took the time and I was like, what are they talking about? And is this legitimate? Um, and really, is there anyone in danger? That's part of the live streaming world, right? Like we yep. were, live in a world where anything can be live streamed at any moment. Yep. Um, so we learned, you know, Always take the customer's word for it. Um, they're not, you know, they're not crazy. They yeah. really do see things, and they really want to do the right thing. And, and that's kind of what I've taught my team from today is, you know, if you if a customer comes to, comes to you, you should believe them. They're not making it up for the most part. I would say ninety eight percent of the time, they're yeah. they're telling the truth. So
0: you're, you're absolutely yeah. Be, be ready for anything, and then be ready to start finding the facts and connecting the dots. Totally, totally agree with that. Exactly. Yep. Well, right. so before before wrapping up, I would love to kind of turn things over to you. What else would you like the CX Chronicles Nation to know about you? Is there any projects or organizations that you're working on? Um,
1: yeah, so there is one organization that I'm affiliated with. Um, it's Customer... Uh, support based it's called supportdriven.com um so when i first started in support i didn't know anyone working in support there was a really negative connotation as far as you know oh you're just hourly and no one really cares and it's customer service but at this yeah. point like i've joined this community that is just so amazing there's people all over the world there and they all have the same passion and the same drive so I would highly recommend if you're in the support world or thinking about getting in the support world to check out supportdriven.com. I mean, I'm not paid by them. This is a complete nonprofit situation. Friends of mine run the the org. But, um, you know, check it out. And then what I do in New York City, if you're in New York City, um, we do have a, a meetup that we do about once a month with different brands. So. We've met with, um, you know, meetup.com, Salvi, uh, TalkDesk. There's a lot of amazing brands here in New York that we like to connect with. Yep. Um, it's free. There's no, you know, commitment. Um, so that's one project that I'm constantly, you know, doing on the side, a little side hustle. But it's mostly fun. That's, that's um, great. And then as far as, yeah, as far as other things, you know, it's always just kind of getting out there and networking and learning more about support. And, you know, I don't, I would love to write more, but I just don't have the time. <laughs> uh, but if, <laughs> but if anybody has tricks on, you know, time managing things, I would love to hear from you. But um, no, I mean, that's really, that's really what I'm doing um, for now. In addition to, you know, working and all that fun stuff.
0: That That is great. And I promise you, I'm going to hit you up offline because the next time I'm in New York, we're definitely getting together and I would love to, to keep learning more about um, about some of these incredible connections that you've made and just some of the awesome things that you've done.
1: Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, of course. I need time. No problem.
0: So thank you so much, Laura Marciano, for joining the CX Chronicles podcast. We are so grateful for you taking the time to come onto our show and chat with our listeners. And I would love to have you back on in the future. And I'd love to do some type of check-in so that we can stay in contact and keep, uh, keep this conversation going into the future.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks so much, Laura. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles. Be sure to subscribe, save, and share with all of your fellow CXers. And until next time, make happiness a habit, CX Chronicles Nation. Check us out at CXChronicles.com.